0: Hello, I'm Erica Spray. Welcome to our ongoing podcast series, Voices of VA Research. I'm speaking with Dr. Waleed Jalad, who is a primary care physician and health services researcher at the VA Pittsburgh Healthcare System. He is also director of the Center for Pharmaceutical Policy and Prescribing at the University of Pittsburgh. Dr. Jalad's research is broadly focused on improving the delivery of healthcare services and more specifically, improving veterans' access to safe and appropriate prescription medications. He and his colleagues published a study in the American Journal of Public Health that described the number of veterans who receive opioid medications both through VA and Medicare Part D. The concern is that veterans who use both systems may be getting potentially unsafe doses of opioids. Dr. Jalad, your study looks at veterans who receive their drugs both through the VA health system and Medicare Part D. Is that a common occurrence?
1: It's it's very common that veterans use both VA and Medicare Part D. So if you put opioids aside for a minute, mm-hmm. so the the statistic that that people often use is that more than about half of veterans are enrolled in the VA are also in Medicare. Um, but not all of them sign up for Part D. Of, the, of those who are in Medicare, so half of veterans, about a third are in Part D. Okay. So, um, but so that's a lot of veterans who have who have um, who are enrolled in both VA and Part D. Mm-hmm. A subset of those will actually get prescriptions from both VA and Part D, and a subset of those will get opioids from both VA and Part D. Mm-hmm. And so, anytime, anytime, one of the premises of the study was that. If you get medications from two different places, the VA and outside the VA, paid for by Medicare, th- there's there's a there's a risk that you're going to get um, a higher dose or you're going to get drugs that interact, um, because generally the the VA physicians are not talking to the non-VA physicians, and. Um, until only very recently, there had not been a lot of use of prescription drug monitoring programs, so you could actually see what was being dispensed outside the VA. Mm, okay. Uh, vice versa, and and people outside the VA couldn't see what's happening um, within the VA. So there's a lot of there's a big risk of because of the fragmentation of care, because of the lack of communication, because these are different providers who are prescribing that you're going to have overlapping meds, inappropriate meds, and uh, more risky prescribing.
0: To clarify, VA can see only what is inside veterans' electronic health records, and that system does not communicate with outside systems in the community. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, they still don't. So VA has done a tremendous amount to address prescription opioid use among veterans to improve the safety. All of that effort, though, has focused within VA because that's what they're measuring and there has there has not been an easy way, and there still is not an easy way nationally to measure opioids that veterans who are in v a might also be getting outside v a and not just opioids it could be interacting medicines like benzodiazepines or muscle relaxants or sleep drugs so there there is no so so that 's the problem there is no mechanism for v a to systematically include those non v a records non v a prescriptions into its utilization management and and all the reviews it does for safety.
0: Can you talk about your study methods and conclusions?
1: Yes, for for this particular study, which is out now, it just came out a month or so ago, or two months ago, we use data that's linked between VA and Medicare Part D. The VA does have this data available, but it's older for research purposes, so it's Mm -hmm. a few years outdated. And and we used this linked data and looked at anyone in in the year, 2012, who had filled an opioid either in VA or Medicare Part D. And so that's the population we really looked at. And then we looked at um, those who received opioids um, in VA only or in Medicare only or in both VA and Medicare. And it was... um, Trying to remember the percentage, it was 13% who had received opioids from both VA and Medicare um, in in, a, in the year, and in many of those cases, there it was actually overlapping, so that the opioids were prescribed at the same time um, in both VA and Medicare. Oh, I see. And and so that that was so the point of the paper was to describe the prevalence of that problem because it hadn't really been known before. Mm-hmm. And then also we we looked at um, the dosage that people receive and identified that those who get their opioids from both VA and Medicare um, are more lucky to get doses that many would consider uh, too high. Um, mm-hmm. and and there are and that are there's a quality measure um, that's used in Medicare actually for um, dosage. and so we looked we looked at the proportion of veterans who were identified as potentially unsafe doses of opioids. And and that's 90 consecutive days. So for for 90 days in a row, you have a morphine equivalent level over 120. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we found that there was a much higher risk among those who receive opioids from both systems for having that high dosage.
0: Dr. Jalad, how would you propose to address the problem of dual users, veterans who are getting medications from both systems?
1: I guess there, there are things the VA can do, and then there are things that individual veterans can do. I mean, for the for the veterans, it just it, it reemphasizes the importance of keeping track of all their medicines they're taking, whether it's from VA and outside VA, mm. and, and and letting the clinicians know what those medicines are, even if they don't ask. You know the. Right. the, the the providers they see in the VA and outside the VA are going to want to know the medicines they take, no matter where they get those medicines from. And I think there, there's probably not a lot of, there's, at least in my experience, often the patients don't realize that that when they split getting their medicines from VA and outside the VA, there's some risks involved, even though in some cases it can be a little easier or in some cases, sometimes a little cheaper,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in, in some cases, that there are risks. And I think many of the veterans don't think about those risks. Um, and because when a, when something is dispensed in the VA, there's all kinds of automated systems to look at drug interactions, to look at this, look at that. That can't be done when a medication is dispensed outside the VA. Right. I mean, the, the VA can't do that um, for medication dispensed outside the VA. Correct. Right. And the VA. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm currently working f- with Summit, the VA, to try and find ways to improve data sharing between these large federal systems. So, so mm-hmm. we. So the VA can know a little bit more about what's happening um, in in Medicare, uh, and that's an ongoing. Process, But these, these are two large federal systems, but they're both trying to care for these large um, and, and in some cases overlapping populations. So that that's really where the, I, I would say the implementation part of this research is going.
0: I want to thank Dr. Jalad for joining me on Voices of VA Research. I hope you found it informative. I'm Erica Spray. Please tune in again. To learn more about the latest in VA research, go to research.va.gov.